Welcome back to the Financial Coconut Podcast Network, the leading personal finance podcast network in Singapore. I'm your host, Reggie, aka Your Chief Financial Coconut, and every Thursday, you will finally get to chill with us. We will be bringing on some of the quirkiest, geekiest, leading voices in the personal finance space to give them ample time to talk about their stories, the lessons they have learned over time, and some good advice for all of us. What has aged well? What didn't do so well? Why did they do what they do? So sit back and chill with tfc right that's the contention yeah. right yeah what is considered basic standard of living it's like. those four things right which was flagged in a certain press release uh belonging that's you can I name remember. one it's okay one yeah. right? belonging, <laughs> respect. belonging security independence, independence. and respect these four mm-hmm. things yeah mm-hmm. that that participants say is a need la, but mm. government says it's a need la. Maybe just kind of introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And all that jazz. Okay. Uh, my name is Tio Yu Yen. I'm a sociologist and I've been working at NTU for the last 15 years. I do research on poverty and inequality and also I'm very interested in issues around care and work. Because of those interests in care and work, I think I'm particularly interested also in gender and gender inequality. Wow, okay. Yeah. And mm. you're a best-selling author. Never tell everybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a book called This Is What Inequality Looks Like. Yeah, and um, is it the best-selling book, the it, ethos book ever it, sold? It is a best-selling <laughs> book, yeah. Nice, nice. Read the book. I love it. I read the book and, and it was it was going around. Like My friends were like, hey, read this book, read this book. It's good. Give you some insights. You know, and we can talk more later, right? Thank so, you. Yes. Yeah. And Kok Ho, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, I'm Ng Kok Ho. I am a social policy researcher at the Lee Kuan Yew School of Public Policy. Mm. Uh, I mainly, in my research work, look at uh, housing and money. So housing security and insecurity uh, and homelessness. Uh, and then on the money side, I started looking at retirement income issues. And then later on, got interested in this broader issue of how much money is enough. Yeah, That's how we ended up doing this piece of research on minimum income standards. Nice. Yeah. And you guys are the ones behind what's enough.sg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I reference that a lot. So please check out the website, what's enough.sg. It's great. It's a great reference point because I think a lot of our listeners, as much as they're like middle, high income earners, they feel very um, uncertain. Right, mm. because like sometimes the goalposts keep moving, ah. Huh? Sometimes the re- every year the report comes in, uh, one million, two million, you know, like the number just keeps going up. So what's really enough, right? And I think that's why I wanted to get you guys in. Of course, to talk a little bit about your research, the whole thing, you know, and also at the same time, kind of give our audience some references on like, okay, what is a number that mm. we can plan towards, right? So maybe before we give the magic number, okay, you must stay to the end, <laughs> then you will know the magic number, right? Maybe you can just kind of walk us through like, you know, this minimum income report that you guys have. Yeah, sure. So the the work started, I mean, both Kok Ho and I, you know, have been doing work on inequality for a couple of years. In the process of doing that work, a lot of times we encounter this question, yeah? If if you are so clever, you've talked about all these problems, what is the solution? And for academics, this can be a very difficult question to answer because actually a lot of our mode of operation is figure out problems as to how to think critically about an issue. And it's not often the case we get asked this question so directly, you know, what is the solution? And I think in the process of trying to think about that, we decided that one way to begin to answer that question is to say, if the problem is that there are these groups of people who don't have enough, then what is enough? And who should be involved in saying 
what is enough, mm, right? Mm. And so this is how we, we started on this work of using focus group discussions that brings together ordinary Singaporeans from a very diverse, from diverse walks of life and coming together to think about what should a basic standard of living in Singapore be today? What should it encompass? What kinds of capacities or opportunities should it encompass? And then what kinds of things should be included in this budget? Great. Love it. Mm. Love it. You want to add anything? Because often, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it later, we get questions about the method, right? How you... So the number is only... You can only trust the number if you calculated it in a, in a reliable way. Right? So of course. of course, people are very interested in the method behind the number. So we get a lot of methods questions and we then we'll explain and we'll defend. But we, we don't often get to tell people that it's, we, we don't have, we didn't start off this work, right? Kind of having any personal attachment to the method. We ask those same questions uh, that if we want to come up with a number, what's the best way to do it? We had internally within the team gone through a process of considering all the various options for coming up with a number like this mm. before we settle on the method that you just described, right? A con consensual approach based on focus groups with members of public. Uh, so a lot of the methods questions went through our minds. We were looking around for how to do it and then we found this study that had a bit at that time we started thinking about this in 2016 and at that point this particular way of doing this research had already been done in UK for quite a number of years. Mm -hmm. right? So we studied what they did at first just on our own and then we reached out to them. We met them first online and then we, we traveled to the UK to watch them in action, watch them conduct these focus groups to kind of convince ourselves that Okay, okay, this works. So some of those questions, you know, when they say that if in a focus group, what if somebody comes up with a very wild suggestion, wouldn't it sway your results? We we are very confident about the robustness of the method mm. maybe because we saw it for ourselves. Interesting. And and actually the UK has quite quite advanced in gerontology <laughs> studies. A lot of these kind of like aged studies, you know, it's quite a lot of reports coming out from the UK. Yeah? I mean, at least uh, I, I've read quite a few of them. Yeah, it's quite I interesting. I think in general, they have a, a they stronger older, ecosystem. Like older. <laughs> no, I think not, not just sort of older, older studies of older persons, but I think they have a stronger ecosystem of social policy research. Mm, mm, yeah, mm. don't you say? Yeah, because mm. and it comes out of a, an ecosystem. <laughs> we always say it's not that they have individually brilliant intellectuals, which they do, but these people came out of an ecosystem which nurtures, supports, and then encourages people doing this sort of work to, to exist you know, generation after generation generation and by ecosystem i'm referring not just to universities where people have uh, kind of freedom to pursue research uh, all streams of research independently and freely their ecosystem also includes uh, ngos who will then take their work and then do advocacy mm. there'll be think tanks that will specialize in small niches but then they will drill down very deeply into very specific issues and then of course a media that will shine the light right on their on their work and get people interested so it's within this context uh, that, that that kind of research exists. But just for the sake of the audience that, you know, only listen to us, we're just going to walk us through like this method, you know, and all that. Essentially, we do waves of focus groups, right? Uh, um, what, I, what I mean is that there are, we schedule the focus groups in such a way that at each stage of the project, they have a slightly different task. So first wave of focus groups, we ask the participants, what do you think a basic standard of living in Singapore today means? We want to get at people's words. 
uh, and how people understand the idea of basing. Right? So we have full focus groups where we are not getting into items and prices yet. Uh, we're just asking people what you think it means. Right? So we gather all those, those responses, we challenge people, we ask them more questions uh, every time they, they say something and the people listen to each other, they respond to other people's responses. We gather all those data and then that's how uh, the definition of a basic standard of living came about. The, the definition which uh, in recent months I think people online also have been discussing because it talks about what basic means. Now this definition is very important because when we go into the second wave for focus groups, this new, so each, in, uh, no participant takes takes part twice. Uh, so every participant is unique, each focus group is unique. In the second wave, the focus group participants are asked a question. to In order to achieve this basic standard of living as described in this definition, what do you need in the flat? And we go room by room in a HDB flat. Uh, we say, tell me everything you need in the living room in order to achieve what this definition says. Then they say, oh, sofa, TV, coffee table. So they go on. And then we say the list must be exhaustive. It must be everything. And critically, an item can only enter the final list if everybody in that focus group agrees. That's why we call it a consensual focus group. Mm. So people do that. And then if uh, finally we get the list of everything in every room, and I do mean everything from furniture to kitchenware to clothing to toothpaste, shampoo, towel, everything. And then we see, then we go out of the flat. There are activities you do outside the flat, right? Uh, you need to meet friends and family and so on. So there is all that public transport, healthcare. We cover everything. Then we go away, the team of researchers, and find out how much those things actually cost in the real world, in shops in Singapore. Which means when we ask people to say things, right, we also ask them, don't just say toothbrush, uh, what brand, buy where, how long will it last? Why do we ask this sort of question? So that because you tell me which brand and buy where, I can go to that shop and then look at that thing and know how much it costs. And then I ask you, ask uh, last for how long? So that I can calculate, you say toothbrush lasts for uh, two years and it costs uh, $2. Then I know per month I can calculate how much it is. Uh, right? <laughs> I know you are that type of people. We yeah, are that the, type the, of people. The curtain amortized 30 years. You know, <laughs> every week is two cents or something like oh that. Yeah, so there were months when the team were just going into those shops. So we distribute the work. Like some of us go into those shops that sell just knickknacks, knacks and ends in the neighborhood. That's how everything tied, right? Chopstick, your soy sauce, saucer and towels. And so, so we do all that. Some things you can check online catalogs, electronics, quite standard. Mm -hmm. right? You say Harvey Norman or Courts, then we can go and check and all that. Okay, so we do all that. And then in the next wave of focus groups, we will settle a few items that people cannot agree on because there are always a few things people cannot agree on. Uh, so the example we, we often give is for elderly participants. One of the items, always very controversial, microwave. So some will say, very convenient, you must have, you know, to save time. But there will always be one or two participants that will say, but microwave cause cancer. <laughs> so, okay. so not safe. Not yeah, safe. Okay, not safe. Not so safe. if people okay. say that, then we ask, what do the others think, you know? Mm. And then uh, in the end, they settle. Somebody, I still remember, they say that actually you can do everything with a wok and a cover. They say, what mm. do you want to do? Heat up food, steam, la. Mm. Uh, wok and a cover. If, if it's frying, then fry again. So, so somebody said this with a wall and a cover you can do everything and say everybody agree okay okay so and then we settle the controversial items hashtag chinese people right <laughs> 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 yeah, so we settle those uh, strangely. Some items we don't expect to be controversial become very controversial. Mm. We settle those, then we show them the, the price. So so we say, a previous group say all these things, and so this is the amount. They say, what do you think? How do you think this number looks? So by the time we come up with the final budget and we reveal it to the public, right? Actually, we are quite relaxed because mm. we know we have already shown it to people. And then if they want to do, huh? Or they, mm, we have already seen the reactions, mm. right? Mm. So after this wave or 
way of focus groups from starting from a definition and then to constructing lists and in between we're going to find out, find out how much things cost and then we calculate a number we show it to the final group because this work is so nitty-gritty yeah, by the time we bring it out to the public we are quite comfortable first of all that it is a set of results we, we can quite happily defend because those participants uh, I didn't mention how long the focus groups are each wave is slightly different in length but the longest focus groups run for six hours you know so for six hours people are talking about this little barang-barang in the house oh my goodness. and then why does it take six hours because sometimes they don't agree and then sometimes we will, will challenge them if somebody says and so, somebody will always again say uh, red wine uh, is a need <laughs> la. Uh, Chinese the, uncle is it? In the, in, the, in the Singapore budget alcohol doesn't end up Mm, uh, there's no mm. consensus but actually in the UK budget there's alcohol it budget does. yeah mm, so it's quite okay. cultural as well right? Yeah, they cultural. say social mm. somebody will say red wine then we'll say why is red wine a need mm. then he will try la. he'll say it's good for health he will, try. Good. <laughs> he will try he will try he'll say he say it's good for blood circulation right <laughs> he will say it's good he for blood the of the, the, the marketers yeah. right yeah yeah and, but we know that so other people will check him that's why yeah, that's yeah. why we are we are not worried you know? so when people say this item looks so weird but it had already gone through so many rounds right this group it will they will self-check mm. so somebody else will say how can you say wine is a need right, right, right. so there'll be no this uh, there'll be no agreement no consensus so the item never makes it into the list uh. mm. so we do this challenging ask why is, a, is it a need not a one and why do we need the definition because if people cannot agree we'll say if i take out wine right do you lose anything from the definition Mm. Again, people will say like it's for social belonging, for social participation, you need wine. Then somebody else will say, but you also meet friends over kopi at the coffee shop. Yeah. That's okay. Wa. You yeah. don't need okay. La. So the item doesn't make it into the list. Interesting. Mm. So, so so what is this definition then? Oh, and, and that's the contention, memory. right? That's the contention, yeah. right? Yeah. What is considered basic yeah. standard of living in Singapore? <laughs> it's such a mouthful. If I forget things, you basic standard of living in uh. Singapore today <laughs> should include housing, food, and clothing, but it's not limited to that. It also includes uh, opportunities to work-life balance, to education, to healthcare. It should allow for people to participate, social participation, and it should allow for people to partake in cultural and religious practices that they might want to be involved mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Wow. And give people a sense of those four things, right? Which was flagged in a certain press release. Uh, belonging. That's you what can I name one, it's okay one. Yeah. Right? Belonging, <laughs> respect. Belonging, security, independence, independence. and respect. These oh, four oh, things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that participants say is a need, la, but mm. government says don't need. La. What is the contention then? The contention as we understand it, because you can, I mean, we, we read the same <laughs> press releases yeah, that everyone yeah. else does. I think when uh, MOF, it was a joint release actually, MOF, was it MSF? MOM, -O -M, yes. right? a joint release. Their contention is that these things, they're not saying it's not nice, but they are saying these are things that people want. Mm. They are not things that people need. Right? Mm. So their contention is exactly that these things are not needs. They don't exactly say why. I mean, they just state it almost as if that these things shouldn't be, be needs. I must say, it was maybe uh, on hindsight, right? Quite a good thing that they picked that out as an objection because mm. then the public get to talk about it. Yeah. And we want research to be read to generate discussion. So we welcome this sort of thing. And then when we were looking at, of course, some of the more organic public discussions and or, or on more independent platforms like this one. You won't see it in mainstream media. Huh? Mm. Um, but in some of the more organic discussions, people were saying, how can we say these things are not neat? I think there is something great thing about being told that you don't need security, you don't need independence, you don't need respect. 
you don't need this. There's something great thing to be told that these things are nice, but you don't need it. So we were when we were reading some of the public discussions uh, after we launched the report, people were saying that for what Singapore is today, the level of, uh, of wealth, of economic progress, we have gone way past survival and subsistence. These things should squarely be need. So this was some of the discussion that, that happened after the report. But a lot of these things are, can be said to be a bit arbitrary, right? Like it's a, it's a, it's, it's a bit more like atas, more complex, <laughs> existential, you know, it's not, it's not as tangible, you know, but how, how does it, how, how does it manifest in, in the tangible? I think that's exactly what the misresearch is good for, is to say that there are two layers of needs, two layers. One layer are the things that are more abstract. Arbitrary, more, more okay. atas, more complex. I wouldn't use arbitrary or okay, okay. atas to say, yeah. because I think... It's okay, it is, we can standardize the yeah. semantics. No, I, I think <laughs> I understand it's, I'm it's not atas in the sense that I think it's, a, it's universal. It's not just for people of a certain class. Mm. Everybody needs security and independence and uh, some choice, some degree of security. Mm. Everybody needs to feel dignity. Fair. That one is universal and it should not be dependent on how wealthy or poor one per a person is. Fair. Right? Mm. It should not depend on wealth. Everyone mm. deserves to have that. That's mm. basic. Mm. So the there's one layer that is, is, about, is about those things. It, you know, it's the more abstract. Right, it's the independence, security, sorry, belonging, what? Dignity. belonging, uh, yes. belonging yeah. Yeah. and overall yeah. dignity. Right, yeah. and then the second layer are the how does that are those things so abstract that you don't need to translate them to things? No, 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 because mm. those are also not things that you simply get if people change their mindset. Mm. It's not like oh, if we start respecting everybody, then everybody has respect, then problem solved. Mm. It's not that. Mm. It's that people need to have the appropriate clothes to wear to a wedding, mm. and then another different set of appropriate clothes to wear to work, and other set of appropriate clothes to wear to other social gatherings. Mm. Yeah, mm. Uh, that respect and the ability to participate in social life mm. with friends with family requires things. Also, mm. it's mm. not. As long as everybody's mindset is that we respect everyone, then the problem is Just solved. greet and say thank you, yeah, right? right. Yeah, and then yeah. everything it's is sorted, that, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. So it's it's two layers. It's like, you know, it's it's like, you know, those kue kue salad, uh, mm -hmm. the green and the rice, right? You need both parts. You cannot have just the mm. green or just the rice. Fair, yeah, you need fair. the whole thing. Mm. And so it's it's two it's two layers of needs, you know, one mm. or two layers of thinking about needs. One mm. is that more abstract stuff, but then recognizing that all the abstract things require material material things to fulfill. Mm. So the abstract things we are saying are very universal. Everyone needs those things. But how people meet those needs will change or over the life course or will partly depend on people's different tastes and preferences. So in building that part, we have to allow for the fact that we are a diverse society. Mm. We cannot insist everybody uh, once, you know, black t-shirts or something like that, something so specific or that everybody wants, um, I mean, the example I really like to give is the bubble tea one where the young people are like, yeah, there's a need, yes, there's a need yes. because in fact, that is the way young people have social lives, right? Mm. They go and buy the tea together, they drink together, they chit chat, all that. That is part of their social belonging. Mm. Yeah. And they, they need a budget in order to be able to hang out with their friends, mm. right? But old people did not 
really care for bubble tea, what they need are budgets so that they can go and eat at the kopitiam in the morning or at the hawker centre. They need might be certain kinds of extra plates and extra cutlery at home or sofa and extra chairs at home so that they can have friends and family over mm. yeah, from time to time. So our needs change over the life course and our needs may also be dif different depending mm. on our tastes and preferences. Mm. The budget allows for that. It allows for some degree of choice. We have to put certain items in place, but we're not saying that everybody wants exactly the same thing. Mm. Like these items uh, signify that they are meant to meet certain kinds of needs, but some of them may be swapped out by other things. Fair. And, mm. and to be fair, I think the debate is in the, in the tangible. I think in the intangible right. amongst, mm. I mean, especially amongst our listeners, I think nobody would dare to stand up and debate against, against it because we all want it. You know, we want to be accepted. We want to be respected. We want to be part of the community. We want a dignified life. How how you stand against this thing, right? Yeah. Everyone wants yeah, it. Yeah. 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 I think it's, it's um, that's why knowing that there are those two layers is very important. Yes. You know, the more sort of universal layer and then the more pluralist layer where you have to allow for some diversity mm, mm. and change over time. Mm, yeah. Mm, mm. Because what we want now and what we want 20, or what we need now to meet our social participation needs uh, and what we want, what we need 10 years from now is going to be different because our, we will be at a different stage in our lives. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I, we talk to parents too, what they need for their children really changes a lot. Mm, That's why we have the childhood cut up into so many different age groups, yeah, right? Yeah. Because a baby, an infant has really different needs from a toddler, has really different needs from a primary school kid, from a secondary school kid, and then from a youth. I always tell my listeners, right, the running gag is, you know, you may want to high tea lao every week now, you know, but when you're 60, I doubt you can do high tea lao every month. It's too much for your body, right? So the realities do change over time. Mm. So we, we try to model it mm. as accurately as possible so that we can then plan for the best of it, right? Like you don't want to over plan because if you over plan for retirement, then it also affects your current life because essentially you're allocating resources for the right, future. Right. You're not optimizing your now, mm. right? Mm. So so that there's that there's that whole right, thing. Right, right, right. So, yeah. so I think that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually with our older um older people groups, they said a lot about how they their views about material things change also mm. as they get older. You Could know, you share that, a little? that many of the things that uh, younger people may feel, uh, uh, or when they were younger, they might have feel, felt were well, needs, you know, are not so important anymore. Especially, oh, we noticed that, I mean, the our older participants, right, were, they were really very charming. Some they of them, were so charming. Yeah, no, because charming. they defend red wine. It's very, very charming already. <laughs> Uncle, were, come on the show, defend red wine, okay? This is maybe really an age thing. At certain stages of our lives, we are very a bit self-conscious about how we look, mm. how we present ourselves to others. Mm. Sometimes we feel we still have certain things we want to prove, right? Mm. But we are very conscious of what we stand for, how we come across. Older people don't care. Yeah. They are just themselves. They've yeah. been through it all. And I particularly remember the focus group we did with uh, single elderly women. Many of them, they had, I mean, spent decades of their lives just being carers, you know, first yeah. for their children and then for their husbands. And then some of them were, were widowed late in life. The husband passed away. And then they mentioned this, and these things come out with focus groups. And they would, if you spend hours at, at, in a room talking about these things, they shared that for the first time in their life, they were actually free. 
to do whatever they wanted for themselves, right? Mm. So they could talk about the value of social participation, making choices that make sense to themselves. They spoke with such a sense of freedom, but also very relaxed when it came to certain parts of the budget, like dolling up and all that. They are not really fast, but they said that there are certain there are certain basics you need to make sure that people can respect you. So somebody said that if I look in the mirror and I can respect myself, then I know that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So that for for that that was that participant's way of explaining what how respect is associated with clothing. If I look in the mirror and I cannot respect myself, how can other people respect me? Mm-hmm. But beyond that, they're not so fast la, about mm-hmm. how they can. Mm-hmm. So they have that kind of relaxed confidence. This thing really changes across the the life life stage uh, yeah. life stages. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get it, and and I always find it very exciting. When I walk past templates, sometimes I see the auntie down there Zumba, right? I was like, whoa, aunties, you're doing cool, right? Right, It's a thing, it's a thing. Yeah. I mean, definitely, I think the cost in terms of dress and all that does reduce with age, right? Mm. Partly because the sphere of people's participation, I think, narrows a little bit. You don't have to be, well, in particular, right? Mm. You don't have to worry so much about clothes for working or clothes for looking a certain way mm, at, at mm. work right and so it becomes like that whole thing becomes like yeah, yeah not so la. important yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I <laughs> yeah know. it's it's partly that but I guess partly also like you judgment of other people becomes less important yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and now this is not to say that any stage is any is superior to any other stage it just is like this yeah, is like evolution yeah this is yeah, life yeah. right and so for younger adults Meaning working adults, people in that sort of middle range, yeah, 25 to 54, uh, some of whom, many of whom our participants are are parents, yeah, because the way we did the research, we were looking at people with children in the household. They had to not only care about their own ability to participate and their own sort of social belonging and respect, they also had to care about their children, Mm. Yeah. Mm. So you could see when you talk to parents, parents' concerns are much more than uh, older persons because they, they have to think about not just themselves, but mm. they also have to think about the dignity of their children, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And how having certain things is important for children to participate in social life today. Yeah. So a mobile phone, for example, was mm. something that you know parents had to really talk through at what age is appropriate, what Mm. kind of phone, what kind of service, you know, what is the minimum, Mm. right? Mm. And to withhold it entirely after a certain age is just completely out of the question. Really? Yeah, because Mm. then how will children uh, socialize with other children, right? Mm. This is where all the kids are are communicating these days, right? How will they arrange to go out with their friends? So, you know, of course... Parents are very concerned. Mm, of course, about, because the soccer ball don't end up in the list yeah. anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, they're very. Now they're, it's the iPhone yeah, yeah, 10. exactly. They're very concerned <laughs> about this, yeah. And uh, yet, they also understand what are social norms now. It, it's important, I think, to know that the the methodology is about capturing social norms. Mm, yeah, mm. it's not just about capturing individual desires for things. It's also mm. people reflecting on what is acceptable and what is necessary for participating in society today. Yeah, of course. I remember when I was growing up, like it was, you just need to shout downstairs, "Hey, mm. want to play not?" Right? Mm. You know, and mm. then and then we'll just be yeah, we'll, yeah, also yeah. all be downstairs. And if you want to arrange to go out, you call, yeah, call. people, yeah. you set a time, and then you actually turn up, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. None of this like ten minutes before. Exactly. Like, I hey, sorry, uh, I late. Uh, Thirty minutes late. Uh, sorry, Paisa. Uh, meeting overrun. So what the hell is that, right? But okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah, things have changed, right? Yes. Things have changed. Yes. Right? Social norms change yes. and, and yes. all that. Yeah. And, and I remember you you were on Wallet's show and you were talking about like the whole tuition thing. Mm. Like it was consensus, like mm. no debate, right? Mm. And do you have anything else you want to add, add, on, add on that? It's it's like, wow. It's not something to be very happy about, you know? When I when I heard no. it, I was like, oh shit, really? So that was one of those items that we expected disagreement, contention at least. And then nothing, right? And then of course, sometimes silly items like printer. People just went on and on. Like, I cannot agree whether you need to buy a printer. But for tuition, it was so, so quick. And then people said it exactly with the same tone that you brought this up, you know, almost with a sigh. That that's what it is. So of course we challenge them. We said, why aren't why isn't the education that takes place in schools? Why isn't that enough? And then people would say, in an ideal world, it should be enough. But right now in Singapore, it is just not enough. So th- what what they're saying is they don't enjoy that reality an- mm. anymore than than their kids. You know, nobody yeah. enjoys it in this system. Of course. But that yeah. is what it is. And they said almost with the same kind of uh, almost resignation, right? When we asked them about CCAs and leisure and social participation and enrichment classes and so on. So when they said the kids also on weekends need to do some enrichment and go out and play. I remember we asked them, don't they already play during CCAs? Again, they said CCAs is not really about play anymore. There's sort of, there can be a lot of pressure about getting into the school team for competition. And you have to remember that this could become the route that your child depends on to get into you the top DSA. school. Yes, yeah. DSA, exactly that. If the grades is not the pathway, then you must have a backup. So... Where is the play in all of that? So you, then you need to cater separately for, for play. So that part of the conversation, I think it went quicker than we expected, but uh, not in a happy way. It was, quite, it was quite sobering. It's true. I mean, we had a discussion around this whole DSA thing also, because I think in the Fort Singapore motion, it was uh, they plan to do more of it, right? And of course, it's one of those policies where, you know, on surface, sounds very good, man, right? Different kids, you know, they, they give, kind of highlight everyone's strengths and all that, well, which is great, you know, but then you realize that when you open that up, then the whole thing becomes a competition also, right? Then it becomes a capital stacking process also, mm-hmm. right? So that whole thing just, you know, it's, it's a much longer discussion, right? Yeah. Like, yeah not I mean, for today. the reality is that many of these things have become, many of these have become instead of places where children can simply learn and enjoy, they have become ways of assessing opportunities mm. to important things mm. that have that have concrete sort of consequences for their lives. Yeah, in our right? social standards, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. so parents are very aware of that, I think. And there's a sense of resonation la, when they talk about it. I mean, there are, these are these are places in the focus group discussion where there was no argument over tuition being a basic need, but there was a fair bit of expression of I guess, angst and unease over the fact that it is a basic need. Mm. Yeah. And earlier I had mentioned, you know, parents are often very attentive to their children's needs. And here is one place where they were again, you know, where parents would say things like, well, sometimes the children themselves ask for it because they can see that they're falling behind. Yeah. And if your child asks for certain things, in some ways, in many ways, I think many parents feel they they have to, mm. they have to respond to that. You mm. know, it's not easy to simply say no, no. Mm. and it's it's really hard to say no when the norms are such that mm. everyone is doing it, and you understand that this is a game you have to play, mm. and that 
if you don't play it and your child uh, somehow cannot keep up, that's your failing as a parent. You know, I think people feel that quite strongly, even when they don't fully agree with like some of the, mm-hmm. the norms. And, and that is and part of actions. social norms, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, and then mm-hmm. that evolution of it, it's, the, it's also very interesting. It is very yeah. interesting. I mean, uh, some of the other work that I'm doing now is, is also on this, is on how parents think about the education issue. And I, I think this is a space where people feel very conflicted mm. where there's a where there are things working at odds mm. that on one hand to be a good parent is to do this mm. is to make sure our kids have enrichment and tuition on the other hand that also seems to be not great parenting if i think about how i want my child to have free time and freedoms and some level of play and some kind of childhood mm. right so that there's this kind of sense that there is there are these you know, opposing forces. And it's hard to know what, what is the right thing to do as a parent. Mm. So when you publish that book or mm. report, you come again, okay? okay. Ah, then we talk, we talk again. That's a, that's a whole beast, <laughs> right? And a lot of our community, uh, our listeners, they are in that range. Young kids, three years old, five years old, you know, all the way up to like teens. And there's a lot of gradient in that. I mean, you've, you've pointed out, right? So so that that is that is cool and interesting. Um. So if we if we all can have a consensus on like dignity, respect, all these things we need, right? And then the only divergence is in the tangible of how to achieve these things, right? What is the qualm with the ministry? Like, you know, I mean, they put up this uh, statement to, to kind of essentially put up their position on it, right? So maybe just kind of give us some color, like where where is the contention? This is the second time they've released, the, the second part of their press release is a repeat from an earlier one. So we have released three reports from this study, 2019, 21, 23. So uh, in 2019, they, re- they issued a release and then... Uh, again this time around a few months ago um, they have a few kind of like methodological quibbles yeah. uh, suggesting that we should be careful about interpreting the results because they were suggesting there were certain shortcomings with the method of course uh, of course we don't agree uh, but it's been hard <laughs> getting our explanation kind of reported in the press uh, so so you'll never see that but it is on uh, uh, what's enough.sg so our full explanation of the methodological concerns uh, uh, all in there. We, we did publish a few op-eds. We did, uh, mm. but never kind of a, like a point-for-point point response mm. Uh, mm. That, that no one would pick up. So I'll just give one example so it's more concrete what a methodological quibble might be like. So they've suggested, for example, that uh, because we show the profile uh, of our participants, percentage from different types of housing so they picked out one part which is that there are the percentage of our participants the proportion of our participants from private housing is higher than in the actual Singapore population mm. so the suggestion is that those participants have skewed upwards the budget so the main contention is that numbers too high not too low huh? mm. so the contention is too high <laughs> not too low huh? yeah. yes, yes, so yes, yes. we can talk about why is that the direction of their, mm. of their concern mm. but nonetheless that, that is that's the concern too high and their suggestion is is too high because there are wealthy people in your too many wealthy people in your focus group i've i've always felt that that criticism is a bit disingenuous because in the same table where we showed the proportion of participants from private housing we also showed the just two lines above proportion from public rental flats Mm -hmm. so these are very 
uh, heavily subsidized HDB flats for lower income residents. The, the income limit to qualify for this rental flats is really low. So this is really uh, at the bottom of our economic uh, uh, distribution, uh, income distribution, uh, families that find it really hard. That segment is over, also overrepresented. You know? mm. So if the wealthier people, private housing participants skewed it up, why didn't they suggest that the rental flat tenants might have skewed the results down and actually the number should be even higher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there are some of these methodological quibbles. But this is this time around, the second time they issued a press release, it, it was for us, uh, they repeated the methodological quibbles now because the, there was never a public response uh, from us. But they added a few more interesting points. We found it very interesting. The idea that belonging, security, independence and respect are what people want, not what people need. So I, I thought that was interesting. That again is their way of suggesting it's a different way of making the same argument. Therefore, your numbers are too high mm, because mm. you are including good to have mm. the the items that will translate into these in, intangibles which people don't don't really need. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then, of course, they, they like to cite as examples a few items that I think they feel will come across as controversial to people. So I think they mentioned jewelry, perfume, yeah. overseas holiday. So those three <laughs> things are jewelry, perfume, and overseas holidays. And I mentioned before, because we spent so much time talking to the participants, we also asked them, like, why do you need perfume? Uh, why is it a need? Why is it not you want perfume? And then people say that if you go to an interview, all sweaty and smelling not nice, what are your chances of getting a job? Mm. This is along the same lines of people know they need to dress appropriately for a job interview and for different occasions. Mm-hmm. You can't go to a relative's wedding a dinner wearing whatever you like. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's a form of respect. Mm-hmm. People get very upset if you don't wear what is appropriate, right? And, and so on. So perfume... Unless it's your prerogative. <laughs> la. But anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so perfume is long, uh, the, the same line. Uh, jewelry... I mean, they use the term jewelry, but actually within the spreadsheet, we give examples as well. We Actually, we mean fashion accessories. Uh, mm-hmm. A brooch, maybe earrings, uh, hair, hair clips. clips. It was what, $50 a year. Right, so you're not buying diamond earrings, huh? Fifty dollars. So it's Daiso, uh, not diamond, uh. So but it is something, it's something nice that oh, when did you, you just think that <laughs> Is it unfair to Daiso? It's okay. Uh, right? they, their whole strategy is affordable, right? So so we like Daiso. So uh, so so uh, so again, jewelry. I think once we explain that it's uh, accessories, because mm-hmm. there's expectation that on certain social certain social occasions you need to you need to wear that because all your colleagues do, mm-hmm. right? Otherwise, you look like you're not taking the your the work in the workplace seriously. So there is that. With overseas holidays, this one we we also noticed that uh, in other countries that do this study, uh, it has never been contentious. You know that people sometimes need to get out of the country they're living in. So if you are in the UK, it's possible to take a holiday in another part of the UK. If you live in London or somewhere down south, you can go to Scotland for holiday. Uh. But if you're in Singapore, you live in Bedok, you cannot say that you go to Bishan for holiday, right? So of course, the minimum for a, to get out of this place, it means Malaysia at the very least. Bro, it's amazing how Tuas lamppost is a is a thing on the Google Maps, you know? Like someone oh made the, you know, there's this Tuas lamppost that know. people cycle and they, they put stickers oh, really? on it. So it has become a thing. 
Do, do people think it's a holiday? I think I no lah. Huh? <laughs> but yes, yes. Okay. Yes. You know, I'll toss that thing uh, uh, apart That's from leisure. that. That's leisure. That's important too. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. during the COVID years, no yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. pretend, oh, Changi, Changi Boardwalk is holiday. It's yeah. true. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, other than that, I remember at one point, people said Changi Boardwalk looked like Jeju. So I cycled there. <laughs> well, I'm trying you know, very hard. Uh. I cycled there and then I took a picture and sent to my colleagues. I said, this is not Jeju. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, apart from those dark years, people said at least you must go to Malaysia. So we went to check like, what kind of holiday, Port Dixon, Ipoh, and even mm. then, not even Scoot, you know. So mm. sorry, uh, Scoot, nothing wrong with Scoot. We like Scoot. <laughs> but they were saying, even that is not basic. Go by coach, by bus. That's mm. basic. Mm. So that's what we costed for. Uh. So we remind people uh, who object to holiday, if we don't park the, the point Yoyen made, the specific, it doesn't have to be Ipoh and Dixon, Port Dixon. We're not saying everybody needs to go to these two places, mm. but it's a placeholder. Sponsored by tourism. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's a placeholder for a certain category of holiday. Mm. So it, it kind of reserves a part of the budget for that. I mean, if you don't like Ipoh, you can go somewhere else. But for sure, that budget will not bring you to Paris, right? Yeah. That is yeah. clear, yeah. right? So yeah. nobody disagrees with that because if we don't earmark a part of the, or ring fence, ring fence, not earmark, a ring fence, a part of the budget for that, then it means that at a basic level, uh, a household living on a basic standard living will never in their lifetime get to see outside of Singapore. Mm. Nobody thought that was acceptable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, fair, so fair. people talked a lot about how, you know, while life is very stressful, you know, we work so much and people need holidays, people need time away with their families. This is an important bonding time. It's traveling. Um, because travel has become such a norm in Singapore, in some ways to participate, you mm. have to also be able to do this. Yeah. 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 Again, it's not a luxurious holiday, but yeah. you know, yeah. from time to time to be able to fair, be outside fair, of Singapore, yeah, yeah. see the world a bit. And it's quite a uniquely Singapore mm. problem because we are that small. Mm. Right, like mm. any bigger country, you yeah. you, you know. Like also, in the other MIS, you know, they have budgets for internal travel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or since they are in Europe, I guess they can also think of travel within Europe. It's yeah, much yeah, cheaper. Yeah. Take than, the Dover ferry. Yeah, or the, yeah, <laughs> also, yeah, that's the cheapest way. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, I mean, we also talked, you know, mentioned to our participants because we have this budget. Doesn't mean every year, Madam M or Mr M have to use, mm. you know, exactly this budget. They could also decide we won't travel for three years and then we save up that money and with that that three-year budget we can go somewhere further mm, mm, right and mm. they thought that that was a reasonable way to think about fair, travel fair, as well fair, yeah. Fair, fair. yeah okay okay uh, this is a basic you know, yeah, not yeah. a luxurious kind of mm, budget mm, fair, mm. fair fair okay very very interesting and i think maybe i i could let me just kind of share my my thoughts right based on this essentially mm. i think a big part of the contention with the government is more like okay now if this is the accepted reference right then everything else have to move along right is that kind of is it kind of the situation because if what you guys are setting is is a bit higher of course the debate is on like you know what is considered basic right and and that one we can we can debate until the cow come home right but it's more like just on the ultimate number that you guys are, are pushing for is higher than where the government stands so if you know they come up with all this because they don't want to shift that number it's going to affect every other thing is that kind of how to think about it. I mean, it's not ideological, you know what I mean? In this one, you don't sweat. Uh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because we are a finance podcast, oh, right? Like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. It's a numbers <laughs> thing, right? Like, then, then the reference point becomes the GST budget, the, the rebate become different, the CPF uh, annuity, CPF life become different number. Mm. Because everything is referenced to 
uh, internal, you know, standard, right? We, if we believe that 3005 is the standard, all the social policies will shift along, right? And, and that's a big, big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the most important parts of the most recent report, I mean, we do this in every report, but the most recent one that we published was the shortest of the three, right? And so in some ways it pops the most because <laughs> within those short pages, this is a big part of what we do is that we use our numbers and we compare it to various things. Yeah, we compare it to real incomes. We compare it to various social policies. Because we do that, it's a very direct, I think it's a very direct critique mm -hmm. that, you know, this is, there are so many households who live below what we've said is a minimum income standard, that the various goodies... Uh, handouts. Like, handouts. Uh, throughout the, especially the last two years. Yes, yeah. Add up to only very minuscule percentage of what households actually need. I think what MIS does and what these benchmarks allow us to do is to allow us to see $500. Is $500 a lot or a little? Mm. Let's see. Let's compare it to what mm. a household actually needs, mm. right? Mm. Or how much did we just get? I mean, I think it's a GST the, the, the thing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, so, love, I love that you don't know because that means it doesn't matter. Right. That's right. Right. But, but, yeah. For us, I mean, like I don't think about it also, yeah. and, and that's a that's yeah. a good position to be in. Exactly. Yes. But if again, you know, sometimes the amounts can seem like a lot, right? And when they're announced, it's always in you know, multiple millions, of course, mm. that, that it costs overall. But then if you if you compare it to what a household actually needs, what does it amount to, mm. right? Oftentimes, it is really a drop in the ocean. Mm. And I think that that is um, that's a strong critique. And I earlier I said this, uh, the criticism, right? The government's criticism is in one direction. Or they're not saying your number is not accurate. Try again. <laughs> they're saying your number specifically, they're saying your number is too high, mm. right? So I think your gut about it's because it makes other provisions yeah, everything low, has to low change, yes, right? Yes. Relative to this, I think it's very on point. Mm. Uh, so otherwise, their criticism would be a generic one. Not accurate. They didn't mm. say not accurate. They say too high, mm. right? Mm. So then, but it, I think it's also important to point out and this again came up in some of the public uh, discussion that we saw online people say that if you are saying that this is not the correct or best way of measuring usually what should you follow up with you say instead we measure it this way mm. but there isn't you know yeah. so the criticism is simply that this is not a good way of measuring finish ready yeah. right, so when when the criticism is framed that way it can give people the impression that you just don't want it to be measured at all, mm. right? Not mm. that you want it to be measured accurately because you're not offering an alternative, mm. Mm. right? Uh, this was something, I mean, not just public debate, it was raised in parliament. Yeah, PAP, MP, MPR, right? Shout out to you, Jurong GRC. Well, very, very, I'm very on the finger. I know, I know. Yeah, that was very impressive. Thank you, thank you. Shout out to you, We blinked a few times also. I said, who asked? Exactly, when I was like, what's going on? Because I'm one of those people that listen to the parliament debate. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, well done, you. What? <laughs> you yeah. know, so, so that's it's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A serious criticism would be this is not the the best way. We disagree mm. with your way. This is our way. Yeah, let's put out our methodology. Right? It cannot yeah. be just don't do this. Yeah, because yeah. that doesn't advance the discussion. Yeah, right? yeah. I, yeah. I suppose there is something in the fact that we are criticizing policy at all. It's a bit grating, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, because this methodology is so 
represents a kind of different way of approaching who has the right to say what is a basic standard of living, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's saying that actually ordinary people should be the ones to figure this out, mm-hmm. that, that should have strong voice and strong representation, right? Mm-hmm. I think that that is not the usual way of doing things in this country. Mm-hmm. And so that, that itself is also violating some kind of norm, la. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure we can have a lot, a lot more discussion, right? So, but at, at this juncture, uh, I would like to let the number out of the bag, right? So, mm. so what are some Do of these? The what are some, number number some, you don't let us bring notes. Then you want numbers. <laughs> Luckily, I read the report just oh, yeah. before I came. Okay. Great. If not, you can check out what enough. What's enough.sg? Okay. We've been quoting yeah, it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, so yes, in yes. case I get it wrong, just go to our website. All our reports are there. Yeah. And I must say, uh, we don't have one number. We have a lot of numbers, and we have a calculator which can use. Uh, to calculate the budget for for I think several hundred different permutations of households, nice. right? Because the data allow us to do that. So the report, of course, in a report, if you want to do analysis, like compare with uh, inflation and the various policies, we need to pick a few. Uh. Mm-hmm. So we pick a single elderly person. Latest numbers is one four nine two per month, one thousand four hundred ninety two. And then there is, uh, I think, a, sing- a single parent with one child. I think that one is three three six nine. Mm, child expensive, huh? Child very Suddenly expensive. times two, huh? Yeah, yeah, child, yeah. child is very expensive. Yeah, in yeah. fact, the UK team did a special study called the cost of a child. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very literal, yeah, huh? Very yeah. literal because children are very yeah, expensive. Yeah. And then uh, for the largest household, we we pick out to to spotlight is a couple with two children, six six nine three per month. Mm. Those are the numbers. Nice, nice, nice. Interesting. Mm. And and beyond the numbers, uh, if you all read the report before, any of their report, right, then you know like they're very detailed one, right? <laughs> so everything, curtain price, chicken rice, duck rice, all the pricing <laughs> is bad. <laughs> so so I, think, I think it's a good uh, platform to, to kind of model your own retirement lifestyle, right? Because I think for a lot of our listeners, um, they're not at that level. So like they are the type of people that the 200 GST, they will not care. Right, which is great, right? They they they're in a very comfortable position, but they want to model retirement, right? They want to know like what is considered a good quality or even like a basic quality of life in Singapore. And I I think a lot of people can stand by that definition that this is basic, mm. right? So please check out the website. You know, you have all the information there, and then model your retirement. You know, tag the team. You know, are you on socials? I know you you just had a just We're just joined Instagram, Instagram, but, but yeah, I don't yeah. know what will happen if you tag me exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, mean what? Mean what? Okay, okay. Never mind. Don't tag. Don't tag. But email them. Email me. You know, have a good conversation. <laughs> Please read the report. Read the report. You know, and then and then oh we, go, God, we, we go. We also email them. Write letters to them. Then, no, know. don't write letters. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for the work that you do. Thanks Thank for sharing. You. Thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Yeah. Nice.